This is episode 1634. Welcome to the Daily Meditation Podcast. In today's episode, I have a special treat for you. It is an interview with an author who wrote a book on the art of forest bathing. And you will learn all about that in the interview. Throughout the week, this week, you will be guided using meditation techniques to help connect you to nature. We'll be offering full half-hour nature-guided meditations every single day, a brand new one, on the Sip and Own meditation app that you can try absolutely free for two weeks. Absolutely free access for two weeks to the full app. And the series will come with a nature journal as well as a nature slowdown guide. Again, it's the Sipino Meditation app. Without further ado, here's introducing you to Melanie Chokas Bradley and the art of forest bathing. Welcome to your daily guided meditation. I'm Mary Meckley, and I'm honored you're here. Today, we have a very special guest who I think you're going to enjoy, especially if you enjoy the guided walking meditations that we do every Saturday as a way to celebrate the end of a meditation series. And the guest that we have is Melanie Chukas Bradley. Melanie has written a book I'm sure you will want to get, especially if you enjoy the walking meditations. And the book is called The Joy of Forest Bathing. And in this book, she guides you through the ins and outs of creating a forest bathing ritual for yourself. If you're not familiar with this term, forest bathing, she will be explaining it to you in the podcast. But a little bit about Melanie. She's an award-winning nature book author and certified nature and forest therapy guide with the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy Guides and Programs. Melanie leads forest bathing walks and tree tours to the Audubon or for the Audubon Naturalist Society the United States Botanic Garden, Smithsonian Associates, the Rock Creek Conservancy, the Nature Conservancy, Casey Trees, Politics and Prose, the Aspen Institute, and other organizations. So you can see you are in good hands with Melanie. She's also Mm -hmm. the author of a few other award-winning books, the award-winning book, A Year in Rock Creek Park, the Wild Wooded Heart of Washington, D.C., and City of Trees. Melanie has traveled throughout Japan, and she has done this participating in forest bathing walks led by Shinrin Yoku guys, which she will also be talking about. So with that, Melanie, hello and welcome. Hello, Mary. I'm delighted to be here with you today. We are thrilled to have you. So I wanted to ask you, about forest bathing. Many of the listeners are familiar with forest bathing, but for those who are not, could you describe what forest bathing is? I would be happy to, Mary. Well, forest bathing is something that started in Japan in the 1980s. 
Um, they call it Shindinyoku, which I understand pretty much means forest bath or forest bath. And all it is really is going out in nature, breathing deeply, breathing in all the, the good um, air that surrounds the trees and other plants, and tuning in to the beauty and wonder with all your senses. It's very simple. It started, the Forest Agency of Japan started it in the 1980s, but it's really rooted in the ancient Japanese reverence for nature that's woven into the Shinto and Buddhist traditions. And I don't know that the Shindin-yoku guides in Japan who started this practice could have imagined how much it would resonate with people all around the world. So this is a practice now that um, people are participating in all over the world. Yes, I participated in it myself, Shin Rin-yoku. But when I lived in Japan for five years, I didn't realize that I was doing Shin Rin-yoku. <laughs> but it is... Um, very popular in Japan for people to go hiking all over the forest. And I lived yes. in Tokyo, which is similar to Washington, D.C., where I know you live, a very busy, hectic city. Yes, and indeed. There are not a lot of green spaces, so people go in the surrounding mountains. And I remember one time being lost and I had the book. There was a very popular guide. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a guide that everybody. Um, followed as they were walking through all these different trails around Tokyo. And I was lost. And I remember being in this field out in the middle of the mountains. And <laughs> all of a sudden, this couple comes walking. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, look, there's a couple. And, you know, I'm not lost. They saved me. And <laughs> they were carrying the same book I was wow. carrying. And they That's were doing amazing. the same hike and they were lost. So this particular <laughs> hike got us all lost, but together we were able to find our way out. So yeah, that's just um, a side note. I'm glad that now there are more um, structured and uh, well-plotted out paths for people who are hiking. Yes. <laughs> so I'm sure uh, that, that's a big benefit. Um, so I heard you on um, an interview, and you talked about the importance of forest bathing involving three vital uh, practices of unplugging, slowing down, and breathing deeply. So this sounds a little bit like meditation, and would you compare forest bathing to meditation, and could you kind of go into unplugging, slowing down, and breathing deeply, and the importance of that. Sure thing. Yes, um, forest bathing and meditation are very closely aligned, and, not, and, and also other mindfulness practices, yoga, tai chi, um, in Japan on forest bathing walks, and they do have, now they have over 60 places that are certified for forest bathing in Japan, with very good trails, yes. so you don't have to get lost. But I have to say, some of my favorite times have been when I've been lost in the woods. <laughs> Being lost is not always a bad thing. Um, so, yeah, so there's cer there certain steps that you go through on a forest bathing walk. Um, 
And you mentioned unplugging. That is the first thing. It is very therapeutic for us to unplug our phones and to um, just get offline because I think we're all so inundated with emails and text messages and headlines that come across our phones. So just that act in and of itself is very therapeutic. And then I always like to think, when I start a forest bathing walk, I always like to think of a wonderful quote from John Muir, who wrote, Another glorious day, the air as delicious to the lungs as nectar to the tongue. And when you go outside and you don't have to be deep in the forest, you can do this in your own backyard, you can do it in a park down the street. I really encourage people who live in cities to weave forest bathing, uh, the forest bathing practice into their daily lives, even if they just have a few minutes. Um, but when you start breathing the air, when you're, when you're under the trees, you're near the plants, you're breathing in the oxygen produced by the plants and also um, volatile chemicals called phytoncides, which uh, the plants produce to protect themselves from pathogens. And when we breathe them in, there's research showing that that is very good for us and it gives our, our own immune system a real boost. And um, so then you breathe deep, deeply, you slow down, and then you tune in to the natural sounds and sights and smells around you. And it's amazing how when you slow down, whether you're walking slowly, and I know you do walking meditations, or, or sitting in a, in a natural area, it's a very transformative experience. Um, your, your, your senses just fill up with the sounds of the birds, the breeze, um, the wonderful smells coming up from the earth. It's autumn now in the part of the world where I live in Washington, D.C. So when I go out in the woods, I have, you know, all these wonderful smells coming up from the earth, from the leaves that have landed on the ground. Um, and, you know, you, you just soak it all up. And it's amazing how calming it is and how rejuvenating. And um, you can, a forest bathing walk can last, you know, when I lead guided walks, they usually last for two or three hours, but you can forest bathe even if you have 20 minutes, a 20 minute break from work. If you can step outside your office um, and just find a quiet place, um, preferably around some trees or other plants, uh, flowing water, if, if you have the luxury of being near flowing water, and just allow yourself to sit quietly or walk slowly. And it's amazing how restorative that experience can be. Yes, it is. So what about people who don't have a green space to go to? Yes, that is a very good question. Um, you, you do want to find something natural. I mean, maybe if, you, if your setting is very, very urban with a lot of hard surfaces around you, you still have the sky above you and you can look up to the clouds. You can watch the birds um, flying overhead. Find whatever um, natural beauty you can. And I forest bathe, you know, when I want step outside my house, if I'm taking out the trash, <laughs> I will, you know, look to the trees, I will listen for the birds, I will, I will look up to the sky and just tune in, even if I have five minutes to go visit the trash can. So 
you don't need a you don't need a deep forest. You don't need a lot of greenery. You do need to have some kind of contact with with natural elements um, to forest bathe. There's no question about it. But you know that even looking out your window is therapeutic. And there have been a lot of studies done on the benefits of spending time in nature and forest bathing. And some of the studies have shown that people who are recovering from illness and surgery in hospitals, even if they have a window where they can look out and see some trees, their recovery is, is, is um, speeded up. They recover more quickly if they can just see trees outside their windows. If you can't um, get close to, to nature outdoors, Having plants inside your house is good, both you know for your physical health and your and your mental and spiritual well-being. So um, just find it wherever you can and enjoy it. And it's a practice like anything else, like meditation or yoga or tai chi. The more that you practice, the easier it is to get into that calming groove and to really feel the joy and the benefits of the practice. It's so true. And I, I like what you shared about doing your own forest bathing um, outside of a forest where you can still have that element of nature near you, even if you are at your desk or yes. a little in your meditation space. When you're visualizing nature and that connection with nature, you can still receive benefits. And I think that sometimes people feel like, well, I have to go to so much trouble to figure out where I should go, or, you know, the weather might not be great on the day you've chosen. And so then they just let it go. But if you could say, such as you recommended, okay, it's raining or I can't get to this one place or, or maybe for myself, I know when I was in Japan, I felt very comfortable walking alone on hikes mm-hmm. by myself, but I don't really feel comfortable doing that here in the United States where I live all the time. And so I feel like, oh, I need to find somebody to come with me. So that's so much trouble. But if I could just walk around my neighborhood and notice the trees and become attuned to nature or sit at my desk and have a vase with a, a leaf or a flower, whatever is <laughs> a bloom, and uh, even a rock that I might have picked up on my walk. So we can, we can do this. Like you said, it is that consistency and making it happen however it works for you. Yes. And, I, you know, I love the concept, too, of finding a wild home. And your wild home can be your backyard or a you know, a nearby park, or like you said, your, your neighborhood, the trees in your neighborhood, if you have a, a walk that you do routinely. And I think if you can really get to know this wild home in all different types of weather, through all different seasons, it's, it's a form of intimacy. And, you know, you form a relationship with the place and, and that can be as rewarding a relationship as, as your relationships with, with other people that you love. Um, and I think we've kind of lost the habit of connecting with nature. And once you start doing it, once you, you just become aware, 
when you walk out your front door in the morning, you become aware of the trees around you. You become aware of the sky. You become aware of the weather. It, it, it really is a, a, an incredibly enriching um, aspect of life. It's true. And it makes me laugh a little bit because when I think about <laughs> what you just said, like, uh, you know, you're saying, well, this is, is natural. We're connected yes. to the natural world. We're natural beings. <laughs> we are. And in agrarian societies, it wasn't that long ago, you know, technology no. eating us up so quickly, but really it wasn't my grandparents where, you know, lived rurally had a farm. So, uh, they would naturally do this, you know, this concept of they course, yes. they we're doing a thing. Oh, that's a thing. Or even meditation where people were more centered or more living more in the present moment because they were really forced to. So yes, yes. they didn't realize, Oh, that's a thing. <laughs> now <laughs> we're, we're realizing that this integral part of us because of the way our lifestyle is going and the technology and all these other great things, we can become a little unbalanced and, and we need to unplug, slow down and breathe deeply, like you said, yeah. like you recommend. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you a little bit about the concept of earthing or grounding, going barefoot, connecting to the ground. I know people, I've worked a lot with flight crews who are in the air all the time in different time zones on a regular basis. Uh, and yes. one of the first things that many of them do, whether it's on concrete in a city or not, is they go barefooted around their area, wherever they are. They try to wow. find a green patch to feel grounded. That's so great. What, what do you um, recommend regarding that or do you, or how is it different from... Shinrin Roku or forest bathing? Oh, it's very connected. And there's a lot of exciting research about benefits of going barefoot. Um, I often incorporate barefoot times in my forest bathing walks. I take off my shoes whenever I can um, and walk on the, you know, the dirt, the rocks, the grass, wherever I'm walking, wade in the water if I can. And, and you know, I, it, it, you know, I'm a person who does things intuitively, but there is something about knowing that there's health da data showing the health of something to help you prioritize it. So I have to confess that since I've been reading about these studies about earthing or you know going barefoot, there's something about the electromagnetic charge of the earth that, that you're connecting with. I, I have been going barefoot even more often. <laughs> about this, You're this right. Research. Yes. Yeah. Now we need <laughs> Have you found that too? Yeah, we need science yes. to tell us what we already <laughs> knew intuitively sometimes. I exactly, <laughs> exactly. But Another uh, thing connected to that is, um, you know, there's been, there have been a lot of, there have been a lot of studies about how your physical health is improved by forest bathing or spending time in, you know, your blood pressure goes down, um, the levels of cortisol in, in your body, which, which is a hormone that can indicate stress, those down, um, your heart rate variability increases. There are just a lot, there's a lot of research showing the health benefits of spending time in nature. Definitive, there studies have been done that, you know, the Japanese researchers, Dr. Lee and Dr. Miyazaki in Japan, 
really got this off the ground about 15 years ago, but there are now researchers all over the world studying these benefits. And one of the mental health benefits, there was a study done at Stanford of this, is about ruminative thinking. Ruminative thinking is uh, it's a negative thought pattern where you just keep turning something over in your mind, like bothering you. You just keep running it through your mind again and again, and you don't really get anywhere with it. It's it's really not a healthy thing for us. And, and I find that if I have a tendency to ruminate about something, if I go out in nature and just let go and tune into the beauty around me, I can let go of those negative um, ruminative thought patterns. And the study at Stanford showed they studied people who are walking in an urban environment and people who are walking in a natural environment. And the people walking in the natural environment um, got, you know, measured relief from, from ruminative thinking. So that's something that I know I, I really cherish that, that ability to, <laughs> to let go of those thoughts in my own life. And I think a lot of us, um, you know, and, and that kind of thinking can lead to anxiety and depression. So it's nice to have a way to, you know, to remedy that sort of thought pattern. It's true. And even there's so much research showing that walking, wherever you are walking, helps to uh, prevent depression and manage depression. Yes. So that even just the act of, of walking, and if you can walk yes. amongst tall green trees that are releasing <laughs> phytoncides. 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 This helps you physically, spiritually, and mentally. And one thing you said a while back that I wanted to pick up on is finding a wild place of your own and getting to know this place intimately. And I think that sometimes we feel like we need more, that what we have around us isn't enough or that we're not enough. We have to do all these things in order to Mm-hmm. feel connected or to feel feel better and so as you recommended having a place near you that maybe someplace you pass every day um, someplace you are walking every day even if you're walking to the train station if you live in a city or you're walking around your neighborhood if you live in a suburb getting to know that place intimately seeing it through the seasons and feeling as though almost it's an extension of who you are because you also pass that way. It's not that this place is doing something for you. You're also doing something for it. You're, you're becoming part of this place as well. That is such an important point. Um, I don't want to interrupt your thought pattern process there, but I did have something I wanted to say about that. Is that okay? Sure. Um, so it gives you a sense of belonging and you do belong. I mean, the air that you breathe out from your lungs, the trees take that air in and they need, they need um, the carbon dioxide that you breathe out. They need that for photosynthesis. They need that for their lives. And then they breathe out oxygen that you breathe in. So you are in a very real sense um, connected with, with the living things around you. And I think we do, we all, you know, we've kind of lost our sense of belonging in nature uh, because we feel so separate 
And I think we also have a lot of guilt about what humanity has, you know, the impact that we've had on the earth. We carry a lot of guilt. And when you're out in nature, it's a very deeply healing thing to feel that you belong. So if you can find a wild home or, you know, wild place near you, and, and as you said, really get to know it, it's, it, is, it, is, it is healing in a way. Now, would you um, tell me the, I left off the full title of your book and where you mentioned that wild sure. side. Sure. So the, the full title of the book is The Joy of Forest Bathing, Reconnect with Wild Places and Rejuvenate Your Life. I am a North American author, but the artist who um, created beautiful, whimsical artwork for this book is Leek Vandervorst. She's Dutch. And the book has been uh, available pretty much around the world. It has been translated into both Spanish and Finnish. So it is available in Spain and Spanish and um, Finnish in Finland. It, It was published in August and it's already in its third printing. So I think that um, the mess forest bathing is something that is really resonating with people. I think people are really hungry for that connection and, and find it rewarding to, to learn, you know, just to learn simple ways to connect with Even looking at the beautiful artwork in the book can be healing if you can't get out to walk. So, well... Yes, I've had people tell me that they feel that going, reading the book is like going on a walk <laughs> because mainly because of her beautiful artwork, Leek's beautiful artwork. Oh, yes. Well, um, again, I want to thank you, Melanie. And before we end, I want to share your information where people can find you. Uh, you are Melanie Chukas Bradley. It's M-E-L-A-N-I-E. C-H-O-U-K-A-S hyphen B-R-A-D-L-E-Y dot com. Melanie Chukas Bradley. And you also find this on uh, our social media sites. We're going to be exploring important principles in Melanie's book throughout this week as we meditate each day. So you'll get her every day this week. And Melanie, could you get us started? on give us some prompts get us started on a walk (laughs) whether you're in your home and you might want to go outside right now and sit down and meditate or you might be out walking if you could get us started that would be great we'd be honored oh thank you I'd love to well if you're in your home Imagine a beautiful, natural place that you love. It can be a lake or a stream or a forest with, with the sunlight coming through the canopy, a garden, a field. Just imagine a beautiful place and um, sit quietly and breathe deeply and, and let the beauty and wonder of that place just, just fill you. And, and spend a few quiet moments um, enjoying, enjoying the beauty of this, this place and how you feel. If you'd like, you can close your eyes. 
And with your eyes closed, the sound of the, of the breezes and the birds will come through almost in a magical way. And you'll be able to smell the wonderful smells coming from the plants around you and up from the earth, from the water. And just feel the joy of it. And then if you have your eyes closed, when you open them, pretend that you're seeing the world for the very first time. There's a wonderful quote from John Muir, another, I quoted him about uh, breathing, about the, the, the wonderful air and the, the way it feels in your lungs. And there's a, there's a quote I love to quote, uh, close forest bathing walks with from John Muir. I only went out for a walk and then concluded to stay out till sundown for going out, I found, was really going in. That's beautiful. Thank you. This is a real treat. And you haven't (laughs) tried forest bathing again. (laughs) You will find a way to forest bathe, whether you are outside in a beautiful natural setting or in your home, even looking at the beautiful artwork in Melanie's book, The Joy of Forest Bathing, Reconnect with Wild Places and Rejuvenate Your Life.